Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Working Mama podcast. This week's podcast is with Queensland teacher Tiffany from Inspire, Learn, Teach. Welcome to the Working Mama podcast, a show that provides real world tips, tricks and advice to all working mamas on how they can have a career, family and hopefully one day break the glass ceiling. My name is Karina O'Brien, a fellow working parent trying to manage the juggle. Each week, we'll be looking at all things related to working parents with special guests and solo episodes to help you navigate the world of having children and a career. How are you going, mamas? Who would have thought that at the start of the new school year that your children would be studying from home in term two? 2020 is definitely going to be one that we remember for a very long time. This week's podcast is a recording of an Instagram live I did with Tiffany from Inspire, Learn, Teach at the start of April. We took questions during the chat, so you'll hear us making a shout out to people and answering those questions. It was such a great conversation that I had with Tiffany that I wanted to ensure that if you miss the Instagram live, you were still able to hear all the gems of wisdom that Tiffany spoke about. And there were lots. I caught up with friends on with Zoom on last Friday night, our new way of catch up. And they told me that they watched the Instagram live and felt more assured and confident about the prospect of homeschooling their grade one son after hearing Tiffany. So I hope you're able to feel the same after hearing this podcast. I know there's a lot going on in your world. So please, mama, take a moment, take a deep breath in and exhale. You are not expected to be a teacher. Please remove all expectations of yourself. This is unprecedented times. Focus on you and your family first. And Tiffany will go into this and a whole lot more during the podcast. Just quickly, I'd love to hear from you to see how you're going and what topics you'd love me to have on the podcast. Just shoot me a DM on any of the social channels and I'll be sure to respond. So let's get this party started. And here's the chat that I had with Tiffany on Instagram Live. Hey, Tiffany, how's your day going? Good, how are you? Good, thank you. So welcome to the very first Working Mama Instagram Live. Oh, exciting. Yay, and it's such a, oh my God, such a topic at the moment. Wow, so... Um, so for everyone tonight, Tiffany and I are going to have a chat around how we can navigate this new normal with having, trying to navigate our careers, but also look after kids and also still educate them at the same time. So it's a, it's going to be a great conversation. As I said, um, look forward to the chat. Um, those that don't know Tiffany, she's the founder of Inspire teach learn and um she's also an experienced childhood um through uh, experienced teacher from early childhood through to senior she's got her master's in student voice and is passionate about working with students rather than for them in child-led education and assessment practices so at the moment she's like the rest of us a full-time working mama and also full-time teaching as a high school english and humanities teacher and she has um, uh, a little do- a daughter um, and she said that she's very full on. So welcome, Tiffany. Hello. Lovely to be here. It is such a hectic time for everybody at the moment. Oh, it's just and crazy. How, how's everyone feeling? 
have you got your children at home full time? Like I know for me, I've still got, um, I'm still at work teaching with student free days. I know New South Wales is still teaching and learning. Western Australia is still teaching and learning. Victoria is shut. I don't know South Australian Northern Territory or Tasmania. So have yeah. you got their children home yet? Or yeah. I know you're still working because I know some places have shut work down, but some places, you know, if you're still working as an essential worker, you're still going to work, but your children might not be going to school, which then creates a childcare issue in itself. And then for some people, you're working from home, expected to log in, sign in, they're watching what you do, your Zoom calls, like where's everyone actually at? Because we're all at such different places, I feel. Oh, 100%. So do you want to just put in the comments about where what your situation is at the moment and then that way we'll be able to also chat and answer any of the questions that you have. So Lily's got a seven-year-old and a 10-year-old at home with her and she's also working. She's a small business owner um, and and also growing her business. So it must be um, Liz has got a five-year-old, a seven-year-old at home and she's also working from home. So it looks like there's so many people at the moment that have got the juggle and we already know the juggle is so hard in the first place, let alone um, we're also having the kids. Um, here we are, another two and four, four-year-old kinder and a nine-year-old um, yeah, working at home. Husbands are also at home. So there's also, I think there's extra set of hands, but it's probably more logistics around schedules. Yeah, and then, like, for some people, I can see one comment here, like, at the moment without work, and that just adds another level of stress to the situation in when am I going to find work, how do I manage this, and we've got so much ourselves as mums before we even start thinking about the teaching. Yeah. Like, just the logistics and how we're feeling, and, like, that was the first point I wanted wrote down to say tonight is we've got to work out ourselves first. We need to meet those emotional needs of our children before we can think about things like teaching. There's um, an educational theory and it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And the bottom level need is a feeling of safety, food, shelter. And if we don't meet that need, we can't do anything else as a human being. And that goes from childhood right up. So at the moment, we're all uncertain. We're all unsafe. We don't know what's going on. So for us to be creative, for us to do our jobs, it's really hard because we haven't got that base level need met. But as an mm. adult, we can process that a bit more and kind of work through it. Whereas our children, that's when you're going to see throwing. You're going to see tantrums. You're going to see them, like my daughter's currently arguing with my husband about going to bed because that's what she can control. So she's trying to get that little bit of control back and meet those basic needs before learning. So before I go through anything educational or anything about teaching, that's where our focus needs to be on first. And if our children need that and nothing else and they're just playing and watching Bluey in their pyjamas all day and that's what they need, we need to do that first. So it's really then looking at the needs of our children and not having, I think it's also something as well, not having any expectations. Remove some of those expectations of saying, I need to be doing this, I should be doing this. We're living in unprecedented times. It's removing those expectations that we have of ourselves, navigate it as what you need to see. Um, and as I heard, I was listening to something today, rather than you the big picture about what you should be doing, breaking it down into smaller chunks just to help you. Even a very small 
element like today I had a goal of going for a run for me I'm so much better because I've met that goal it's very basic as opposed to the whole overall fitness game but by that yeah. one little thing um, it's also about being there um, and breaking it down into the small little bite-sized chunks because then you'll have less expectations on yourselves and also you're doing something for yourself is what you said at the start there Tiffany yeah, and that's really true. I'm just checking and reading up the comments as well. And, like, people, there's someone here working, home, and studying. I can't even. No, nah, that's a lot. And the food is going quickly. We found that. Um, we were on lockdown the other week, and the amount of food that we all eat when we're stuck at home compared to my little portion at lunch that I take to work. But things are going to change. We need to change with it. It is school holidays for us at the moment. So realistically there, it's two weeks of just school holiday time. Yeah. To sort out our work, to teach schools won't be providing work for these two weeks where they can play, you can run around and you can just work out your work routine before you add in anything else. Yeah. So why don't we get onto it? Because um, yep. as what Kylie just commented, she said, look, we're not teachers, we're mums, we're workers and we've got other expect or we've got other areas mm -hmm. in our other skill sets. So what can we do um, to help our help our kids and um, and where can we start? Because obviously we're not teachers, but sometimes we're going to be expected in the short term to, to be this homeschooling expert and just adds a whole other level of stress when we've already got so much going on. I think the first thing is we are, I, I get we're not teachers in the sense that we haven't all got four-year degrees, but we are. We taught our children to eat. We taught our children to walk. We taught them to talk. We taught them, I'm currently teaching toilet training. Like We've taught them so much. We've taught them how to say thank you, how to say please. And we might not have the skills on how to break down maths, like I can't do that. But we've got those basic level skills of how to teach our children and connect with them. Because one of the biggest things about education and teaching and the biggest decisive factor in any classroom is the relationship that you have with your teacher. So, and I'm sure you've heard like, you go, oh, I don't like that teacher. They don't like me. And then they hate school for that year. And then they go to school the next year. Oh my gosh, she's the best teacher. Or he's the teacher <laughs> I love them and I'm going to school. It's that connection. So we've got that connection with our children already. We've got that base level with them where we connect with them. We know them better than any teacher will ever know our children. And we know what they need and how to meet their needs better. And we need to trust in that. And learning the English or maths will come with it. But as mums, we know our kids best. And no one will know our kids better than us. And in a classroom with 28 kids, 25 kids, if you're lucky, I'm trying to meet the needs of 20 different kids. We only need to meet the needs of four kids, five kids, if that's how many kids you've got. Some of us have only got one and you're meeting one kid's needs. And we need to take a step back. We've got this. We've, we've done all this teaching before with our children. We've taught them all the way through before school. We can do this. Yes. It's daunting. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you start looking at, and I can imagine the stuff schools are sending home, because teachers have an expectation that they're providing you with resources. What we do with that as parents is up to us. How much of that we do is up to us. And what we adapt to suit our children is up to us as parents. No teacher is expecting that all the stuff they sent out, because they're going to send stuff from everything that I've heard, regardless whether it's state or um, private school, they've been asked to send that. And they're sending all this stuff you will know straight away, my kid ain't ready for that. 
that's too easy. That's too hard. And trust that you know that because you know your child better. And I'm so he- not yeah. any teacher there. It is just as a mum, you know your kid. Yeah. So what about in terms of routines and when they're getting schoolwork sent home and how can we help them through that? Like um, I was actually chatting to a colleague the other day and she said, my daughter's grade five maths. I've got no idea. I can't even help her normally. Like it's hard enough. Oh, yep. I get that. So um, I'll, that's two parts. So I'll talk first about routine and then I'll talk about how, how to manage grade five maths. I can even sometimes now grade 10 maths, not a maths teacher. But <laughs> um, in terms of routine, there's two ways to go about it and you've got to work within your personality. I hate the school bell and I think it's because I hear it all day. So when I'm at home, I work in anchors and time frames that I set. So I might say, morning, breakfast, we have a book, we might do an art activity or something about the book. My daughter's only two, so we don't do anything complicated there, but you could have your reading time, morning tea, outside play, come in, maths, and just a rhythm to the day rather than, oh, it's 10 o'clock, it's maths time. And two, you're only catering for one child. If they go, like, mum, I was about to say miss. Mum, I don't want to read today. Okay, would you like to do some more maths? We've got that flexibility. Now, some schools are going to give out Zoom calls or whatever, and you might need to be more structured and do a bit of a timetable between your work calls you might need to take and your child's work calls that they may need to take, that it may need to be a more structure. This is what, you know, I've got to check in with my boss at 10.30 every morning You've got to have a phone conversation with your teacher at 11 and set that in the day. But in those other times, be flexible. Go with what your child wants. Listen to them. If there's someone who always hates reading, at some point you're going to have to say, mate, you're going to read. Yeah, you need to do it. But at the same time, definitely be flexible in that. Every teacher will always do your English and maths first up. That hard stuff, if you know your kid sucks at science and that's their hard stuff, do that first. So doing the hard stuff first. Yeah. Leave what they love for when they're tired in the afternoon. When that brain's ticking over, you'll see nearly every primary school I've ever worked at reading groups first thing in the morning, especially in that early childhood prep grade one because that's when the kids are fresh. They've just had breakfast, they're in, and they're ready to go. Yeah, they're not tired. We're all ready for a nap time. Yeah. So that's when you you'll find they'll do their art, they'll do their science experiment because that's fun. They'll do PE, they'll do music in that afternoon time. Um, I know some schools are only giving math, science and English. Some schools are giving all subject areas. And again, that will look really different if you've got a, you know, a high school student going for their HSC or their VCE sort of thing to what it would look for the rest of the schooling years. But, you, yeah, so either go with a rhythm, and that's what I would do if I didn't have set lesson times that I needed to meet for me or for my child to catch up with anyone or a bit more of a schedule. The other thing with a schedule, though, be mindful that your child, child's attention span is so short. So I think it's like their age plus two minutes. I know some kids, it's their age minus seven minutes. Yeah. <laughs> they're just... So be mindful of that. I use timers. Right, we're going to read for 10 minutes. I'm going to, if you Google um, just timers, free timers, there's like bombs. The boys love the bomb because the bomb goes off and they're done. There's dinosaurs. There's just a boring sand timer. And then, right, we're going to read for 10 minutes. We're going to do that activity and then you can go play. Yeah. And some 
Sometimes that's the buy-in. Okay, only for the timer and then I get to go do something else. You've got to remember too in terms of timetable, school has five hours a day, an hour and a half to play, lunch, and then the set teaching time is going to be even shorter because you've got 25 kids in that room or 28 depending on your year level that you've got to meet each one and you're doing the spot fires. Stop doing that. Stop doing this. Pay attention. Pens down. No, we don't need your English book. We need your maths book right now. Johnny, back to your seat. Where are you? Stop rolling around on the carpet. We're listening to a story. Sit up straight. Yep. Like, by the time you take all that management stuff out, the amount of teaching time is less than what we probably realise. Um, and someone said that to me. Yes, I'm like, no, not in my class. We always do work. And I was like, oh, but then I've sat back and gone, actually, yeah, I do spend a fair bit of time just on, oh, you forgot your glasses in your bag, you left your book in your locker, off you go. That's the wrong textbook, you're not in geography. Like yeah. <laughs> all that little stuff that you won't have in a home environment. So don't expect that your child, in terms of like timetabling the day, that they're going to do five solid hours. They're not. No. And they don't need to. And that's a big thing. We don't. They don't need to and they're not going to be behind if they don't do that. Yeah. You know, every teacher's going to be catching them up when we all get back to somewhat normal and going back to and assuming because we're going to have kids in classes that parents aren't going to do work with them and that's the reality. So we're going to all start back at the start and pretend that it didn't happen and we're going back through. And so how do we then um, as parents go, what do I prioritise? So, you know, they've got the English and the maths Um you know, the school sent things around. Um, so is it prioritising it from the day of, um, you know, start with the hard stuff first? Um, and also is it about um, needing to um, have not so many expectations on yourself about, okay, it's five hours. Look, maybe if we only got an hour or two done on a day, we take that as a win. So really breaking it down into smaller bite-sized chunks um, yeah. to actually say, yes, I've ticked that off. We've done it for half an hour. We've done half the task. That's good. Yep. And that's exactly it. Like you were saying earlier, like I've got my one thing and it's a run today. If you've got your one thing, you know your kid hates reading, your one thing is you're going to read a book. That's your one thing and you move on and you go do something else. Yeah. And just step back and reduce those expectations. If you've got a kid who's eager for five hours, by all means. Go for it. But not every kid is go for it. But not every kid is going to be and we're all going to be so like we don't know how bad things are going to get yet. And because of that things can change so we need to lower our expectations on ourselves because we don't need more right now. Yeah. Oh, so your second point was how do I teach your five maths? I've taught your five no your four and your seven maths the biggest thing in teaching and one of the biggest things we're pushing across the nation is what we call explicit instruction i know it's just fancy education speak for being really clear in what you want the kids to do and part of that is talking through our thinking so there is nothing wrong with actually not knowing the answer because what you want to do is talk through how you're working it out. Because at the end of the day, we don't want our children being able to quote the year of the French Revolution. Yeah. <laughs> um, we don't want them, you know, there's a few math formulas you want to know, like your area, your perimeter, your times tables. But there's a lot of things that you don't need to be able to quote in life. So we want to focus on how to gain the knowledge 
not how to recite the knowledge. So therefore, if we are as adults talking through how we're fixing the problem and solving it and stepping them through that, that's actually more valuable for them to learn. So for example, if um, we're looking at, so why, why did the French Revolution occur? And I'm going, I have no idea. Right, I'm going to look it up. Let's have a look. Which website am I going to look at? Wikipedia, I'm not going to trust. That's not reliable. Oh, but this one here that says BBC, they've probably got a documentary, so I'm going to trust that they've probably done some research. I'm going to click that. Straight away, you've taught half the history curriculum that starts, I think that criteria starts in grade five through to grade 12 on reliability and trustworthiness of a source. And you're just talking through how you're finding the information. So it's also about the, now, the, the research process. Yeah, and it's the same with like them reading through it. I'm reading through here. I'm inferring this. Oh, I think this word means this. I might need to look that up and teaching them how to do those skills. Is there any words there that you don't understand that we need to add to our lookup list and we'll find out those meanings? And teaching them those self-help skills. Maths, break down the problem. Try to do the problem. Fail miserably. I always fail. The kids always ask me, I was in an advanced maths class, yes, can you help me with quadratic equations? No. <laughs> we read through the worked example, then we read the question, then we put the, prob the numbers in the worked example and went through. I was feeling pretty confident. We checked the back of the textbook and we were completely wrong. <laughs> okay, so we're wrong. Why are we wrong? And then we're going through. Okay, I've done that step right. I've done that step. Oh, the worked example has an extra step. I didn't do that step. And we've taught them a skill that they can then use in the exam. We've taught them a skill that they can take away for life. And they've learned that we're human. Yeah. yeah. What, teachers don't <laughs> and, know everything? Yeah, no. And so, like, that's an important skill. So even though some of the work may seem daunting, step back and go talking through what does this actually mean is really important for the kids. And two, it boosts their confidence what I actually know. Like, yeah. I have been in, like, some of those grade one classes. I'm like, what is, I'm thinking, oh, they do, when they do their um, phonics stuff. I don't always get phonics. And they'll go, oh, this is a diphthong and it does this, this and this. What is that? Oh, well, I know. And they love that confidence boosting. So don't be afraid to say, explain it to me. Your teacher said, let's do this. What is she talking about? And give that confidence back. Get them to explain it and then talk through what you're doing. And if you're talking through what you're doing, you are nailing every bit of teacher education, teacher here to do. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So are there any other insights for teachers, like just obviously breaking it down, putting things at the start? Um, what are some other parts? And also everyone that's listening, um, we've got Tiffany from Inspire Learn Teach um, on tonight. So if you've got any questions around how to educate your kids now in this new normal of, of homeschooling and that, um, feel free to jot them down and, and we're going to do our best to answer them. So um, thanks for everyone that's here. So Tiffany, what are some other basics for parents that we can obviously we tr try and take away from this? I think it is coming back to this is about your child right now and you can do what they like. So I'm thinking for me, I'm a history geek and I, I teach senior modern history like this. I want every documentary we can binge watch for these holidays and we're going to be learning from home. I'm not doing my science. I'm watching documentaries on history. And go with that. And it's a time where we, you know, you're going to be given stuff from school that could be fairly rigid, but you can go a sideways 
that your child would never get that opportunity to do within a classroom. Like, if I'm teaching 25 kids and we're doing a science experiment, sink and float, you know, it's grade one science, um, it's going to be, every kid's going to do that. If your kid gets that, they're probably going to be bored in that lesson, if we're honest. Um, but they're really excited about animals. Get on the um, zoos that are now doing live streaming. Yeah. We've been watching the penguins every day and get on that and follow what your child is interested right now. And that is valuable learning. And if your school doesn't give you a lot and you're like, what else can I do? Ask them. What do they yeah. want to learn? Um, can I create schedule to suit both at the same time? Oh, this is a really good question. Um, so a grade five and a grade one child at home, how do I create a schedule to suit both at the same time? Um, I used to be actually a governess out bush working out on a property on a case. Oh, wow. I know that's what got me into teaching. So I had a prep student who couldn't read and write and a grade two student working at a grade three level. So that's a bit of a difference and similar that you've got a grade one student who's probably not as confident with their reading ability with a grade five student who can read fairly independently as a big generalization based on the year levels, nothing about your child. Um, there are set things you can do and it depends what the school has given you. They may have given you completely different things. Um, I used to always set up something slightly independent with the older child while I worked one-on-one -on -one with the younger one. So I might grade five novel, short book that they could read on their own. It's not like I'm talking war and peace novel, grade five. Um, and they could do some reading first thing in the morning while you then sit with the grade one and do their reader that they've been given with the activities. Then come back to the grade five and all you might want to talk to them about, well, what happened in the book that you just read? Well, why do you think that character did that? I don't agree why that character did that. They should have done this. What was? The, what were they thinking? How do other people react to that character's actions and have that conversation? It doesn't need to be a formalised worksheet to be valuable here because then you've given each child an activity. And while you're having those conversations with the grade five student, the grade one could be drawing the story that they just read and a sequence of what just happened. Um, and that's then sequencing of their ideas and recount. But getting them to draw it is something that's within their ability level, whereas asking them to write it may not be. So it's coming up with something independent at each time so you can move between the kids, but then coming up with, okay, now I need to have that work phone call. I need to get my emails done. What am I going to put them on there as well? You might find one has, you know what, the grade five is competent at maths. They can do their maths mentals on their own. They're going to do that first thing in the morning because I know I'm only going to have 20 minutes with my grade one student before they're out for the day and they're off playing and they can't focus anymore. And later in the evening after dinner, I'm going to sit down with my grade five student who's capable of doing that learning a bit later in the day and we're going to work through things. You might do quiet time, listen to the ABC Listen app. The Audible's now got free stories that they read in eBooks. You could have quiet time after lunch and your grade one student could listen to those while you either do some work or that you work with the grade five student. Also jump on and use, there is so much free stuff at the moment. Like I've been downloading left, right and center, um, teaching resources. These massive companies have come to the party and are offering free things. So Reading Eggs is now free. Um, so even if your school doesn't subscribe to Reading Eggs, it is now free. It is perfect for that grade one student level. 
Um, I have a link in my bio to a list of them that are now free. There is Reading Works, which is perfect for grade five, and it will read the text to you and then give you multiple choice questions to answer on the text. So you don't even have to think about it. It's there. And that's the sort of thing like I'd say, right, you do that, I'm going to go do some work because they could go through that independently without sitting with me that whole time. Um, Mathletics, I don't know, is free yet, but if your school uses it, it's amazing. Um, a lot of primary schools do. Again, put them on there. They can go through that themselves while you work with the other one or on your homework. And Study Ladder and IXL are two free um, web programs that you can sign up as parents, don't need a teacher, log in or anything. And you can pick the grade level and it will give activities on a range of subjects. So I think I excel in science, maths, English. I think it does something else. And study ladder do a few extras as well. So they've got your basics. So if you're looking at how do I schedule two or three children, it's use some of those online tools before the internet breaks with bandwidth, of course. And yeah. get all of them <laughs> and line them up. So I've got 20 minutes one-on-one -on -one with this. 20 minutes one-on-one -on -one with this child, 20 minutes one-on-one -on -one with this child. And while I'm not with them, they're on free play with the blocks or they're on this online learning. The other thing to remember too with a grade one student and younger, the best education systems in the world don't start their children in school till seven, which is why I keep coming That's interesting. Like, is enough. Yeah, so Finland don't start all those Scandinavian countries that rate at the top every year when they do the big thing and it's all over the news in the paper, none of those schools start their children till seven years old. And so, yeah, I find that interesting, but I keep trying to remember that like with those young kids who are now off from daycare or those early childhood kids, which I find the early childhood years are so critical and they're really hard to get your head around on how to teach how to read and that sort of stuff. <laughs> I'm in it at the moment, yes. <laughs> and because of that, I think sometimes remembering that in those countries, they don't start till seven and they still beat us so that the kids must pick it up at some point. It's that life learning, I guess, and the school of school of life. Mm, I think so. And it's like, oh, what's that say? It's a sign and reading and just that incidental learning that can occur. So yeah. don't be afraid if you only spend that 20 minutes here and then they're playing with blocks, that's science, that's building, that's engineering and all that. And just finding that learning in their play. Yeah, so learning through different ways of really what you're saying. Um, you, you're going to learn through osmosis sometimes as well, aren't you? Oh, but, oh yes. My daughter now thinks that coffee is an every morning activity that everyone in the family needs because I have to have coffee to coffee. Coffee. Yeah. I realise <laughs> the habits I'm already passing down, and she's not too. But yeah, it is. And you know, there's some educational theories. So. In Australia, we have the Australian curriculum that we're meant to be meeting and working towards the schools. But there are a lot of curriculums and theories where they're child-led and it's based on observing the child and then planning based on what you observe. So if you see a child throwing balls and planning an activity around trajectory and how hard do you need to throw it to get it in that basket and then put a basket a bit further away, how hard do you need to throw it to get to there? Um, and building on that observation in those really early years, if you've got a kid home from daycare, that pre-prep or prep level, and I know it's preschool and kinder, it's all different in every state. But in that age group, if all you do is watch them, 
oh, they're interested in that, and then do something around that, that's meeting the early years guidelines. Yeah. No, it's, I think it's really, as what we're saying tonight, it's got, it's take out, strip away those expectations you have of yourself, strip it all away because they're going to be learning in different ways um, in this time. But kids, even though they're not physically at school, they're going to be learning in just a, a different way and, and through the different experiences that they'll have um, during this time. So, again, if anyone that's on at the moment, if you've got any questions uh, for Tiffany around education and, and how to keep the kids educated um, at the moment, um, feel free to put them in the comments. Love to hear from you. Um, because we know that at the moment so many of us parents are really grappling with this this new normal of, of having kids at home and ch uh, schools are closed and who knows how long childcare centres are going to be open and, and the like. And we still want to make sure that um, the kids are learning, um, but as what Tiffany's actually saying is that kids are going to be learning um, and probably just in a different way. And um, as what you said at the start, it's about, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I remember st I studied mm -hmm. that um, very well in during my my masters around management, and yeah, it's it's that first level, and I think even below that at the moment, it's probably toilet paper. Um, but <laughs> I remember Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi used to be the first part, but I think now toilet paper would would take that over. Um, but it's really around as well what what works for you and your family and following your kids um, and their passions um, and doing the hard stuff first, which is probably even in a work sense, that's what we all try do as well. Do the hard stuff at the start of the day and try and just get it out of the way. Yeah, and I know like for me in my own work, I always write down my three goals for the day and if I get nothing else achieved, I've done my three you know what, with kids, you might only write down two goals for the day. You're going to read a book and do two math songs. You're going to sing that ridiculously annoying multiplication song and you're going to do some baking because that hits literacy, numeracy and science. Like yeah. And they could be your two goals for the day and that's all you do and go, yep, homeschool success and walk away. No, that's fantastic. So um, I know we've been chatting for a while. Is there anything you want to wrap up with, just some final hints and tips and um, so we can wrap it all up? I think I spoke most things that I wrote down, actually. Um, the biggest thing is, for me, remember that as mums, we are our children's first teachers. So we are teachers, not trained teachers, but we do know how to teach our children as mums, we know our children better than anyone and any test will ever show. We know who they are in their heart and we know what they need and just reduce our expectations on what we need to do in this time and focus on. I saw someone's comment earlier, we're focusing on cooking, board games, and there's so much hidden learning in that without actually trying to do anything. And if that's all we do right now, that's okay. So really, at the end of the day, mamas, you've got it. You've got, you're going to be doing a great job regardless. Um, back yourself, believe in yourself. And I think it's also um, Emma McQueen, whenever I chat to her, she always reminds me about um, it's about confidence. And it's like a muscle. You've got to keep working at it. And I think over time, and as what we all find our new routines, the more you start doing it, breaking it down to small chunks, you actually build up your confidence. So the way we feel today compared to in two weeks' time it's going to be very different. So um, I think the more we get used to it, um, the more we'll, 
yeah, embrace it and it won't be as scary as what it is today because we're slowly chipping away at getting used to it. Yep, I feel that's exactly how we, that's the only way we can go forward, I feel. Yeah, yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much, Tiffany. This has been great. Uh, I hope everyone's uh, had a good time as well. Uh, this is the first Instagram Live we've done, so I think technology's been on our side. So <laughs> thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I'm really glad. I've just read the comment there. Thanks, guys. I've found this really reassuring. Yeah. I'm really glad to be here and to share any questions, please just DM me. Always happy and up for a chat um, and come over and follow me as well. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much and uh, have a great night. You too. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Working Mama podcast. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast catch-up. I invite you also to join the Working Mama community on Facebook and join in the conversation with other like-minded working mums. Please also feel free to contact me on any of the Working Mama social channels. Remember, Mama is M-U-M-M-A. Via Instagram at workingmama underscore AU or website www.workingmama.com.au. I would appreciate you to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, especially those that are parents managing the juggle. And I would really appreciate if you had to take the time out to leave a review of the podcast. I'll be giving a shout out to select people that do so. So stay listening and you might be one of them. Thank you and see you next time. Have a great week.